You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Boise Colors Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo. Excited to bring you a very special edition of the podcast as we are going to be joined shortly by head coach Mike Houston. Joined him earlier today in his office. He's busy doing a bunch of tours and speeches for the Pirate Club Armada this spring. So you may have seen him out on the road, but we had the opportunity to sit down with him in between stops at the office on Wednesday morning for an in-depth conversation. We're going to take a look through the roster. As we always do, we've kind of made this a annual spring tradition at this point where we take a look through the roster, either going into spring or post-spring, in this case post-spring, position by position. Also let him address some of the guys who have transferred out of the program. You'll hear in his own words the reasoning behind that with the roster crunch across college football. I kind of touched on that in a few podcasts ago as well, uh, myself and and my view on it, so he'll expand upon that from his point of view. We also talk about just the state of college football as a whole, the NIL, the portal itself, how everything is going, just seemingly off the rails at time uh, with with this whole NIL stuff, and it seems to be just the, the start of it. So we'll get his take on that, what they're battling on the recruiting trail with some of that stuff, and he'll... Talk about the need for ECU if the Pirates want to stay relevant in this college sports landscape to come up with some sort of NIL collective from the donor's point of view to help fund those situations at ECU. Because if you're going to play ball with the big boys, you got to find a way to spend with the big boys too and at least spend enough to uh, to compete somewhat. So lots of good stuff ahead in this upcoming interview. We will take a really quick break. And then on the other side, we will dive straight into this 40-plus minute conversation with the Pirates head football coach heading into his fourth year, Mike Houston. All right, we'll be right back on the Hoist Colors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Joined now by East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston. Coach, we're heading into your fourth year at ECU. You guys just wrapped up spring practice, your third spring practice, because 2020, of course, was taken away from you guys. But is it hard to believe you're already on year four of your tenure at ECU? Uh, in, in some ways, yes. Uh, in some ways, it's really flown by. Uh, in others, it's been uh, it's been a rough road, uh, just with uh, you know having to navigate COVID and, uh, and and rebuilding the program. But uh, but it has uh, you know it ha- has been a pretty pretty quick uh, quick trip to year four. You guys obviously just wrapped up spring, and you said multiple times, kind of this was your, you know, I don't know if best spring is the way to put it, but most clean and productive maybe just in terms of having so many guys back. How would you kind of assess how spring ball went as we sit here in uh, late April? Well, I'd say if you compare it to anything prior, uh, highly successful is how I would classify it. And, then, and primarily because, you know, the roster is healthy. Uh, you have good numbers. You have good depth. You have quality of uh, talent um, all across the board. Um, you know, we, I'm saying we're the most talented team in the league. But you know, when com- when you compare that to what we've looked like in previous springs, where you were just you were trying as best to put together one unit uh, on both sides of the ball, you know, now we do have quality depth and guys that we know that we can count on and guys that have experience. Uh, so. You know, when you have that, it's going to go a lot smoother. So, you know, it's, you were able to line up and, and look like a legitimate football team out there this spring and had great competition all throughout the spring. We will dive into some of the position-by-position position, uh, battles and, and some updates there in a little bit. But we want to talk more big picture to start off with you, Coach. I mean, college sports, and I was just reading an article on the way up here, it's like it's, it's never changing at this point. And it almost seems like each month, the every few months, we get some new evolution of what college athletics is going to become. Just um, we'll start first with the transfer portal, and you know it's affected you guys. It affects every school. Uh, how have you seen the portal grow from when it was maybe first instituted to how it has impacted you guys on a daily basis now? Well, it certainly changed um, roster management, and it's uh, it's going to continue to do so. Uh, you know, anytime you have a situation where student-athletes have the ability to leave uh, and transfer without uh, any you know, consequences. Um, you know, I think there are instances where it's a good thing, uh, and there are instances where it just makes it too easy to just, uh, you know, quit and walk away when things get tough. And I think, you know, I, I wish there was some way to kind of, um, you know, make it a, a happy medium because I do think the sport, you know, traditionally has, has taught – young men how to overcome adversity uh, and some of the greatest examples uh, of guys that have been through tough times uh, and could have hung it up and, and, and stuck with it and overcame it uh, you know I just hope you don't lose those but uh, you know it, it is what it is it's part of it's part of our future and so you've got to learn how to navigate it successfully you guys have benefited from the portal as far as adding some guys and some, some players have left the program. Uh, and across the country after spring ball, you always see a wave after the season and then after spring ball. You know, for fans who, I don't know if they're concerned from players leaving the program via the portal, uh, how would you kind of address that in your own words as the head coach of the program? Well, I think that, um, you know, we talked about this um, a little over a year ago when you had, you know, the blanket, everybody gets an extra year of eligibility. Uh, and so, you know, as soon as that happened, um, you know, we played over 85, just like everybody else did in the country, uh, in 2021. You know, we it, it allowed it's allowed us to get to 85 scholarships, but 
you know, with so many players taking an extra year uh, that's afforded to them, you know, you end up in a situation where, you know, the NCAA says, okay, everybody gets an extra year, um, but all the rosters have to be back to 85 before this fall. And so, you know, everybody in the country is facing kind of a situation where uh, you don't have much room on the roster. So you're going to see a lot of this. Uh, you're seeing as much of it this week as probably you're going to see at any point in time because of so many spring games being last weekend. Um, I think for us, I think you had some guys that, uh, you know, you look up and uh, they're not, they're not going to see the field uh, for us here. Uh, and, you know, you know, players want to play. And so, uh, you know, you, the thing we try to do is, is when a kid comes to us and he's entering the portal, we try to make sure we help them find a landing spot. You know, that's my biggest concern is to have a landing spot because I think you're going to look up at the end of the summer and there's going to be a lot of athletes out there that are in the portal that don't have a landing spot uh, because there is no room on rosters nationally. Uh, you know, we're hearing it, uh, you know, a lot right now from high school coaches because there's – so few uh, scholarships being awarded uh, to, uh, to high school student-athletes. Uh, and it's, that's going to be the situation for the next couple of years. Yeah, even right now for you guys recruiting with the 2023-2024 class, like it has a trickle-down effect, that COVID extra yeah. eligibility. Like it almost feels like, kind of like you said, it will take multiple years. And does that make you guys be even more cautious in recruiting going forward just because you know you have so few scholarships maybe left to, to give? Well, in next year's class, we only have eight right now. You know, it's that's a ridiculously low number. Um, now, I think there'll be more. You know, we're we're kind of slating to look at uh, ten total uh, because I do think you'll have some uh, some attrition. But at, at the end of the day, uh, even still, not all ten are going to be high school student athletes. You know, we're going to it's going to be a you know kind of a, a some some high school kids, some transfers. So I think and everybody's going to look at it like that. Some schools, there's a school in our league, our league that went to, to the extreme that they went all transfers this year. Um, you're going to see some do that, but I think most are going to try to balance it uh, because I think you know you look up this spring uh, at a couple of the you know the mid-year guys that uh, have been really really impressive. Uh, I still think you're going to find some of your top quality guys through the high school rec recruiting. When you look at the, the NIL side of things, name, image, and likeness, and, uh, you know, I, I know I guess technically it's not supposed to be used in recruiting, even though it kind of is if you, you read some stuff out there. Just Do you guys have to, to battle that when you're on the road recruiting, saying, hey, we're hearing we could get this much of this school? Like, how, how do you guys address that when, when you're uh, faced with those situations or just when you look at NIL as a whole going forward and kind of how that has changed college athletics? Well, I mean, some of the things that we're hearing on the road is just outlandish. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I can't believe it's made it to this this fast. Um, we've had a lot of the transfers as just straight ask us, you know, what kind of NIL uh, stuff we have, and it's you know, it's a deal where you know we we don't have a a, a, a ton going on right now. You know, it's uh, it's a thing that I keep stressing to our alumni that. Um, you know we've got to we've got to come together and and put some things together uh, if we want to remain relevant. Uh, I think it's going to be a big big factor in this next recruiting class. Uh, but some of the things you're seeing nationally is just just crazy. And I, I guess technically you guys can't be involved in it firsthand. But when Correct. you look at like the donors, what would you kind of say to them? Because I've talked to some people who say 
you know, why should we pay these athletes more? They're already getting a free scholarship, cost of attendance. But like you said, if you want to stay relevant, you got to do what other teams in your conference are doing because now you see SMU, Memphis, some of these schools are putting that together. So what would kind of be your message to the, the fan base in that regard? Well, I, I do think – I just wish the NCAA would have regulated it somehow. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I do think there is a time and a place where, you know, there needs to be more done for the student-athletes. I just I don't like the no rules kind of deal because people anytime you have a situation like that it's going to get abused and in the end you're going to have the people that are going to end up getting hurt in the end are going to be the student athletes uh, and that's just because you get people that just take advantage of the situation. Um, all that being said, uh, anybody can be involved in name and image likeness. You know, with any program anywhere, um, you know, any business has the right to have. Any student athlete represent them, you know, in an advertisement, in an endorsement, anything like that. Uh, a lot of these schools are putting together collectives, you know, where you know non-business owners can get involved. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of specifics on how that works, but uh, you know, it's just stuff that I'm hearing that people are doing. Uh, but you know, it's it's a deal where we've got to figure out what you know East Carolina University is going to do because it's not just the Power Fives; it is. You know, schools in our league are being extremely aggressive when it comes to name and image likeness and how they're using it in recruiting. Uh, indoor practice facility, I always got to ask you about it because there's at least one or two practices every spring or, or preseason or in the season that are affected by weather. Um, I know that I think it may be the worst kept secret in town, but it's right. in the works. We, we kind of know yeah. that. Just uh, how excited are you to get that uh, facility uh, on the ground and kind of get it rolling? Well, it, it's it's beyond a need, uh, and that's been well documented. And I've, you know, I've kind of beat that to death just because it's it's one of those things that Skip Holtz was trying to you know get that done, and that's been over a decade ago. You know, rough. Uh, you know, that was a big a big item for him. Uh, so it's just it's beyond it's beyond needed. Uh, and so just excited that the uh, administration here at East Carolina University, the athletic administration, everybody is firmly behind it. Um, you know, the architects are working on, you know, the specific renderings of exactly what we're going to have. Um, you know, the Pirate Club is working on fundraising right now, and I'm told that that's, uh, that, that's going pretty well. Um, I would expect some type of official announcement here uh, in, the, in the near future. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, just the administration is waiting for the right time as soon as, uh, you know, the right, the, the right donors have decided exactly what they're going to do. We, we haven't really had a chance to talk to you, Coach, about the schedule. You know, we maybe touched on a little bit when it came out in February, but we were so wrapped up in spring ball. But four straight home games to start the season, uh, that's got to be a, a first. I know at least for me covering the team, is, is it a first for you as well? Yeah, haven't had that before. Um, there's some goods. You know, there's no travel, so that's positive. I know it's going to kind of ruin everybody's uh, beach Septembers. You know, I think that you know some of our fans like to go to the beach on the the, the away game weekends, but you know, tough luck. You know, you you, you can go and you can go in October, but uh, it's uh, it's exciting to start out. I think we got a, a, an extremely challenging schedule. Um, you know, the opener against NC State. I saw a deal yesterday where they somebody picked them as high as fourth preseason. Uh, so I, I do think they'll be around the top ten. Uh, just you know, their coaches out on the road are extremely optimistic about uh, what they have coming back, and 
Uh, I think uh, Coach Dorn said publicly it's the best uh, best team he's had since he's been there. So uh, you know, I do think that they you know they have expectations that they may have a shot at the college football playoff, and that's what they're saying. So uh, at least that's what they're saying on the recruiting trail. So uh, so they feel good about what they have. It's it's going to be a, a great uh, a great team to have here for our opener. I would expect it to be sold out. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully ninety nine percent purple and gold. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm excited for our I'm excited for our team. Excited for our roster. The kids are excited about that matchup. So. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, the program's come a long way since the opener in 19. Uh, the States has also, uh, but it should be a great game. I remember you saying after that game, it was your first year that, you know, things would be different, at least from, from you guys' perspective. You know, you guys would improve as a program. Um, and I think yeah, that'll be a, kind of the, a build up to, to that day on, on September 3rd. When you look at that first game, you know, the last three three openers, and y'all have played very challenging teams, but maybe not played to the standard you, you want. Is there anything y'all do differently to maybe start the season faster? Has that been an emphasis at all among the, the coaching staff? Well, I think, uh, you know, for the first time, we have a little bit of experience this year. You know, that's you've had young teams to start the season, and you're playing as veteran teams to start the season. And that's, you know, you want to start fast, uh, you know, schedule. That's, that's the way you start fast. But, you know, you do have – you do have a veteran team uh, this year, so you got guys that have been there and done that. You know, last year we played App down in Charlotte. Uh, you know, after the game, I'm talking to Keaton and some of those guys, and they're like, "I've never played in that kind of environment. Before. I've never played in that loud of an atmosphere before." It's and you just you forget just you know how young we were. You know, those guys have been there now. You know, certainly this I think is probably going to be the best atmosphere they've played in. But you know, that's the thing. You know, I've had teams that have started the season, you know, 13, 14 straight wins. I mean, that's a pretty good start. I mean, but they're veteran football teams. And so I think that's 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 the big deal. Um, you know, so it's we, we have a veteran team. Uh, I do think we'll, you know, start well this fall. Now, we have a challenging schedule. So it's going to be a dogfight every week. Let's get into some of the, the roster now. We'll start first with um, some of the transfer portal additions, and then I also want to ask you if you're, you're still looking at the portal as well. But uh, receiver-wise, you guys have have brought in Isaiah Winstead. I know he's not here yet, but I, I just saw you all announce Jared Garner as well on Twitter, so I assume you can talk about him. Yep. Um, and then Jalen Johnson, he was here for the spring. But three receivers that come in, provide some experience. Just what do, what do you see in those guys coming into the program? Well, you know, it's it's a situation where just the combination of some things that happened after the season last year, uh, we ended up, you know, very young, very quick. Uh, and so we needed some older guys, some experienced guys. And so, you know, we were very aggressive in the portal. I'm really happy with the three guys that we, um, you know, were able to sign. Uh, Jalen, I hate that he missed most of the spring with a hamstring injury. But still, you got to see some flashes, uh, and we have him here for the summer. So I expect him to be a very solid guy for us. Um, Isaiah. Uh, I think is really a top end player. I really do. I think he's you know he's only got one year left, uh, but I think he's the real deal. Uh, and really excited about him on the field uh, from a you know make play standpoint. But I'm also excited about him from a standpoint of leadership, work ethic, maturity. I think he's going to be a great role model for so many of those guys in that room of how to you know how to conduct your business. And I think Jarrett's kind of in between. You know he's. He's a guy that's played played some ball. He's still young. He has uh, you know multiple years of eligibility left. Uh, big big frame. 
Uh, and so it's going to allow us to have, you know, uh, big guys on both both sides of the formation. Uh, of course, we've got some guys that uh, that are here, you know, Taji Hudson, Tyler Savage, Kerry King, Josiah Hatfield, you know, those guys that, I, you know, I feel good about. Um, you know, it does give you the ability not to have to uh, rush a guy if he's not quite ready. Uh, you know, some of those guys are going to play in the slot, you know, so it's, it's going to give us good depth, uh, you know, at the wideout position. Any update at this time on, on C.J. Johnson and what you can provide? I know that he, he was still suspended indefinitely from the program last time we talked. Um, have you guys been in communication? Just what, what have those talks been like? Yeah, I'm, I meet with C.J. regularly. Uh, he meets with several of our guys regularly. And, you know, he's been laid out, you know, kind of, you know, what he's got to work through in order to, uh, to be considered for reinstatement. Uh, and, you know, when he, you know, works through those things, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll consider it at that point. But uh, until then, nothing's going to change. Do you have, like, a ideal timeline when you would like to make a decision, or is it just up to him at this point? Well, you'd like it to already be, you know, kind of put to bed, but uh, it's not. Uh, and so it's uh, – but it's a deal where, you know, it's – there's some non-negotiables in there, uh, and it's you know you got to choose what's important to you. All of us do, uh, and so if this is something that's important to him, then you know he'll have to make those decisions, and he'll have to make them pretty quickly. Uh, you mentioned some of the other receivers. Any of those guys, you know, that that stood out in the spring as far as taking advantage of those reps, just because y'all were down so many receivers after losing Snead, Omatoso, CJ being out, did any of those guys make make plays throughout the spring? Yeah, I mean, I thought Taji had a really solid spring. Um, I thought Tyler Savage, uh, you know, he's he's kind of a tweener kind of guy, and so we've kind of found you know, you know some things that he can do really really well, and some ways we can use him. So I was really excited about that. I hate Maceo missed so much time with the hamstring injury, also, but Kerry uh, King I thought had a solid spring. Really liked his determination and work ethic. Um, he has been put on scholarship uh, for next year. Uh, it's been something that uh, you know he and I have talked about a good bit in the past, and I told him I said nobody nobody's going to give it to you. You're going to have to go and earn it and take it. And uh, and I told him with that, you know I don't want this to be you know an end game for you. You know this needs to be you know a motivational piece. Kerry is a very very young guy. I think he's one of those guys that will benefit from an Isaiah Winstead from a work ethic, uh, how to how to conduct your business, how to compete. Because um, I do think he has a you know a big big uh, you know. Uh, top side, you know, uh, ceiling. So, Brock Spaulding, uh, yeah, I was pleased with him. You know, for a true freshman, mid-year, uh, I thought he showed some flashes. Is he ready to play, you know, this fall? I don't know. But uh, I do think that we saw this spring that, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to play for us in time. We talked about the portal earlier. You guys addressed receiver there. Y'all have also addressed offensive line. It's not like y'all didn't have a lot coming back. I mean, y'all had a, a good amount coming back, but I think as we've seen, you can never have enough depth up there. So, uh, first, maybe take us through the additions, the, the three guys you guys added in the portal, uh, and what they'll bring to the front. Well, I think first off is, you know, when I took the job, you know, after the 2018 season, you know, this was by far the weakness in the program. The fronts, both sides were the weakness in the program, but the offensive line, uh, you know, Holton had taken a beating the year before, uh, and really. You know, you, 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 we, we couldn't run the ball that first year. Uh, it was just really, really frustrating. So uh, as you look at it today, you know, you have the best offensive line that we've had since I've been here. Uh, you have a lot of guys that have grown up in the program, uh, and you have the new additions. Uh, and then when you talk at the new additions, you know, you're looking at Parker Moore, who's a mid-year. 
uh, from West Virginia, big athletic kid, uh, high character guy. Uh, I thought he had a good spring. Uh, I do expect him to be a guy that competes for a starting position uh, and plays a lot of ball for us. I, th I think in time he'll be a, a multiple year starter. Justin Red, uh, who was you know a very high end player at Norfolk State, uh, has one year of eligibility left. Now I think Justin's a guy that'll come in and compete for a starting position immediately. Uh, I think he's a high-end player. I think he'll do a lot for that offensive line room when it comes to maturity and work ethic, the way he competes. Uh, really excited about his leadership. Ben Johnson, uh, he's a guy that has multiple years of eligibility left. I think he's going to be an interior guy that's going to you know, compete for a starting position. Uh, he's going to push some guys that are here right now, but just his motor and his toughness and just the way he plays, uh, just really excited about him as an addition there. And the group coming back, Avery Jones getting another year at center. Nashad Strother has played uh, both guard and tackle. Bailey Malovic, Rob Vanderlyn, they're coming off injuries but have played. Uh, Walt Stribling's played a little bit. Noah Henderson starting right tackle last year. So, I mean, you almost, knock on wood, uh, you almost feel pretty good about it too. Yeah, Isaiah Foote. Yeah, Isaiah Foote. I had a great spring. Yeah. yeah. So just how do you, uh, that group coming back, how have they progressed? I think you have a lot of guys that are starters. I think you have a lot of guys that are going to push for playing time. I think you have a lot of competition, and I think that'll be really, really good. You know, you, Avery, I mean, that just kind of stands out right there. Avery needs competition. You know, in order for him to be his best, he's got to have somebody push him. So now all of a sudden you finally have, you know, multiple quality guys that are going to really push him, you know, this summer during fall camp, and that's only going to help him. It's going to help everybody. Uh, and, you know, it's hopefully we can stay injury-free, but, you know, that has not been the case the last several years, so at least you have some depth. Let's go back to the quarterbacks, and we'll start with, with Holt Naylor's uh, fifth-year senior at this point. Uh, he's played a lot of football for you guys, and, and y'all were strategic in getting other guys reps this spring as a result because of his experience. You know what he can do. Um, how, how confident are you guys in Holton just given everything that he's he's already gone through for your program? Well, I'll, I'll let you be more confident. I thought this spring was the best he's looked. I think he's quicker. I think his release is faster. I thought he's throwing the ball with more velocity. I thought he was good with decision-making this spring. So I thought he had a really quality spring. Um, you know, that experience is, you know, irreplaceable. You know, there is there is no substitution for experience. And uh, so it's, it's a deal we feel really, really good about him. Um, you know, and you get past him, I thought Mason had a great spring. I thought he separated himself from the rest of the room. Uh, you know, I think he's he's a guy that's he's going to be ready to be a starter in this league. He has multiple years of eligibility plus a red shirt left. So uh, you know, you feel good about uh, what's behind Holton uh, immediately, uh, and then you feel good about the rest of the room too. I thought Ryan Stubblefield, you know, was. I thought he was some good and some, uh, you know, sometimes he struggled this spring. I thought he showed some flashes of playing really well. He's just got to be more consistent. Um, he does have so much eligibility in front of him. Uh, and then I thought Alex Flynn is a, is a real steady guy. We have challenged him to, to push himself this summer to develop a little bit more. Uh, so I think we're in good shape in the quarterback room, and you better be. I mean, uh, if, I don't know if everybody remembers my first year, but basically you, you had – you had Holton and you had true freshmen behind him, so it was. It, I don't know that you really had a backup, uh, so it was not a good situation. Uh, and you know, it's just I've seen it where we've we've been we've been to our third quarterback in a hurry before. So you better have good depth in that room. 
Keaton Mitchell coming back as a 1,000-yard rusher. We can finally quit talking about that, that ECU hasn't had a 1,000-yard rusher in, in seven years or whatever it was, eight years I think it ended up being. Uh, and Raja Harris, uh, who was the co-rookie of the year his freshman year and still had a very good season last year. So those two guys clearly anchor the running back room, and I know you have to feel good about kind of those two guys and the depth that has come along behind them. Well, I feel really good about Rajay and Keaton. Uh, I think it's – I say it every time that we talk about them. I think they're the two best backs in the league. I thought Rajay had uh, a little more of what we expect from him this spring. Uh, I thought Keaton continued to build on his his, his uh, fall. So I think you have two guys there that are top-end backs in this league. Uh, so really the thing we got to work on right now is figuring out who's number three. Um, you know, we're really, really pushing Pop. Uh, we're going to push him this summer. Uh, you know, he, he's he's going to have to just, you know, he's going to have to commit to just, you know, working at a much higher level if he's going to be that dependable guy there at the third spot. You know, we want him to be, uh, but, you know, they got to go out there and do it. So we're going to, you know, continue to push him to be that guy. Uh, excited about Marlon Gunn coming in here. He'll be here in, uh, in June. I hate that we didn't have him this spring, but he's a high-end player. Um, so, you know, excited to see what he can do if he's going to be ready to play this fall. Uh, you know, disappointed that Nemo didn't get, uh, you know, didn't get work this spring. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, he really just, you know, didn't get an opportunity to see what uh, what he could or couldn't do. So, uh, I'll say just a, you know, big unknown right now. Tight end wise, Ron Jones coming back for for his senior year. Aaron Jarman as a grad transfer also back and. Shane Calhoun had a, a big year as well last season, and you guys moved McKinney from the defensive side to tight end. So how, how do you feel about that room, especially with Jones and, and Calhoun leading the way? Well, an- another room that when I took over, we had one tight end on the roster. So it's uh, – and I don't – you know, just ability-wise, we've improved that room a lot. And then depth-wise, we feel very good about those four guys. Hopefully we can stay healthy right there. You know, Ryan's kind of a hybrid guy, can do a lot of things, really high-end ability uh, has become you know a much more complete guy with you know how he operates within the team concept in the locker room all that stuff uh, really excited about the way he's matured uh, I think Shane is going to be an all-conference player in time uh, I, I, I really you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him this summer just about you know pushing himself to go to the next level I think he can do anything uh, that you want to tie in to do you know Aaron and D'Angelo were a little bit more of inline guys uh, really excited about the spring that D'Angelo had. I thought he just really just took off running with the the position move. Uh, I think both of them are going to help us. Uh, I just you know I feel really good about that room. Defensive line wise, we we touched on the O line earlier and kind of the growth there and the defensive group. We talked about it when you signed all those guys in in 2020. They were going to be young and eventually they would be old and they're starting to get old. They're not all the way there yet, but. Um, when you you look at that group, you got to be excited about at least the, the strength and numbers. You guys will look pretty good getting off the bus there. Yeah, I mean that, that first year, Alex Turner played 97 snaps every game. Uh, you know, we really didn't have a backup for he and Jalen. Uh, you know, in the ends, I thought you might, you might have had a third guy there, but you got a small army now. Uh, you know, with with uh, you know the defensive tackles, defensive ends, and rushes. So. We feel very good about the depth. We feel very good about the quality of the depth. Uh, there is going to be a ton of competition. Uh, like you said, there you know you're still not very old in that room. 
but you know you're going to have a deal where you know if a guy if a, if a guy's playing for us on Saturday, then he has flat earned it because you know there's a lot of quality guys in that room that want to be on the field. So uh, it's a good problem to have. We're going to be able to stay fresh. Uh, we should be able to play with extremely high motors uh, because of our depth right there. Uh, so you know excited that that's really kind of a strength of our defense. When you look at a D tackle, I mean, you almost are like six to eight deep if you're healthy. So, like, do you move guys around in different spots? Is that a benefit to Blake Carroll's scheme and what what Roy and, and, and Tim can do up front? Well, I think one, it's going to allow you to you know do a lot of different things. Uh, it's going to allow you to be more versatile. Uh, you know, you're going to have some guys that are going to you know do some different things, uh, even though they'll stay in that room. Um, I think you have multiple guys that still have red shirt. Uh, years left, uh, so you don't have to rush a guy. Uh, you know, it's it's going. We got it, the one thing we have to do is we have to space this out a little bit over the next couple of years, or you, they're all going to graduate at once. You know, that's the the negative of um, you know the situation we inherited. So uh, I, I do think that it's just going to give you a lot of a lot of opportunity to do what's best uh, based on the abilities of each kid. One of the young guys who did stand out during the spring was J.D. Lampley, um, and I know that you never want to maybe give a freshman too much love, but he seemed to be a guy that could play early just based off kind of how much he got in the spring game and throughout practice. There's no doubt. Now, that joker is strong as all get out. He can play with leverage. He has a great motor, and he is tough as they come. So I don't think you could be more uh, pleased with his spring. Uh, you know, and But that's the one, you know, we don't have to rush him, you know. If you if he had been if he had been coming in our first year, he'd have started, you know, out of the gate. Uh, you know, you don't have to now. If he's the best one, then he's going to play, uh, and that's the that's the way we do all of them. You know, it's any 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 position around here. I know, you know, sometimes people, you know, they why is this guy? Well, listen, if they're playing, they've earned it, uh, and that's just the the plain simple fact. Uh, so, but if he's not quite ready. Um, you know, we can play him. We can try to redshirt him. We you know, we will do what's best for him and what's best for the program. Defensive end and rush, uh, Jeremy Lewis developed into a really good player last year as a first-time defensive player. You all brought in Jack Powers from Nevada as depth uh, at rush. And then at end, you, you bring back a couple guys with experience, Emmanuel Hickman, Chad Stevens. How do you feel about those guys, as, uh, those guys on the edges right now? Well, I, I would say Jeremy and Manny. I, w I would I would classify them as proven at this point, and I thought that uh, they both had really good springs. Uh, I thought Chad had the best spring he's had. It's the it's the, it's the first time uh, since he's been here that he's, be, he's been consistent with his effort. He's been consistent with the way he's practiced. He's been consistent with just the way he's operated, and uh, hopefully that's maturity you're seeing uh, because I do think he does have a. You know some ability that can really, really help us. Uh, I think that will really help Manny. I think Jack. Uh, we kind of knew what we were getting when we when we took him. He's exactly what we thought we would get. Uh, you know, he's got relentless effort. Tough guy. Uh, you know he's going to push Jeremy, which that's good. Uh, but you know those guys. You know those four guys just give us really, really good depth right there. Um, you know you have some other guys behind them uh, that we'd like to see come along, uh, push for playing time because I think that's. Just like a defensive tackle, the more the more able bodies you have, the more things you can do, and the more it protects you against injury. Inside linebacker, that's the position that, that Blake Harrell coaches firsthand. How have you seen that position grow? And then some, some more guys coming back there, as with pretty much every position on the defense, but also a couple of losses in, 
and Bruce Bivens and Aaron Ramsour that played a lot of football for you guys. How are y'all looking to replace them? Well, I think you look at Xavier and Miles, and you have two proven starters. Uh, you feel really good about those two. Uh, I thought Jacoby and Taylor had solid springs. Uh, I think it's obvious that those two guys are going to play a lot for us. Really, I hate that Zakai Barker uh, had the injury. I thought he was a really talented young player that could have possibly played for us this fall. Um, you know, so it's it's a deal. We're probably looking for another guy uh, to add to that room uh, here before we get into the summer, uh, just to give us uh, you know some depth and a little bit more uh, older experience. And w- with Taylor, he's been a guy who's played a little bit the last few years, and you know maybe hasn't gotten a ton of snaps. But is, is that kind of what you're hoping for? Some of the, several of these guys who have been in the program two to three years. Uh, you, you've kind of seen how we've done things. Now it's your time. You know, he's just an example I'm using. But like, I feel like a lot of the backups that maybe you're hoping to develop are kind of in that realm, or maybe you you challenge them a little bit more this offseason Where hey, it's your time to go to go take this opportunity. Well, that's it, and that's that's the talk I had with him before the spring. Was uh, you know, you're a guy that should be pushing for playing time, and you're a guy we should be able to play without uh, a drop off from a starter. Uh, we should be able to view you as a starter. So that's that's the, just the next step. But it's you know, it's it's, you know, I had this talk with Pop McKay. You know, nobody understands how talented the other guys are on that field, and nobody understands how hard it is when you step out there. You know, uh, when you come from high school to the you know the FBS level to, at this level in the American Conference, uh, you know, it's a pretty drastic jump uh, in ability level, and so it uh, it takes some time. But you know, we'd like to see Taylor take that next step this uh, this fall. Cornerback-wise, Malik Fleming returns. Jaquan McMillan, who, by the way, we hope gets uh, – here's his name get called this week so in the we draft. Uh, he's moving on, and I know there was a big competition uh, this spring to kind of start the process of replacing him. So how do you see the depth at corner right now? Well, I think I thought Demel Hickman had an outstanding spring. Uh, I, he really did. Uh, I just – I can't, you know, really put my thumb on any one thing that, you know, he did not do well this spring. Uh, I thought it was the best effort. Uh, the most physicality, uh, the most consistency. The you know again, it goes back to maturity because it's you know it's a deal that first year when I first got here and Demel and I've talked about it. Uh, I didn't know if he'd make it, but he has worked very very hard. Uh, he is hungry uh, and really pleased with the spring that he had. So we feel good about him coming out of the spring. Uh, Malik's a proven guy. Um, you know the big thing that Malik needs is Malik needs competition. Uh, you know he needs a guy behind him pushing him. Uh, and I hate that Juwan Powell had the injury this spring because I think Juwan would have been pushing for a starting job there. Uh, so hopefully we can get him back, you know, going this summer because uh, he is a high-end talent guy. Uh, so and then you're, you know, just you're seeing what's next. Uh, Siobhan Ravel will be here in a couple of weeks. He is certainly a guy that has a a ton of talent. I mean, he's you know six two plus. Uh, long arms, four-four speed, extremely athletic. Uh, you know, just a very explosive athlete. So uh, now he's got to learn the system. Uh, so I thought Isaiah Brown Murray uh, had a solid spring for a mid-year guy, and he's a guy that'll compete for playing time. So excited about that. Uh, and then you know we've we've challenged Sean Tucker. You know he's been with the program for multiple years. Uh, it's time for him to you know push himself to get in the mix a little bit, and uh, you know he's got to you know be more consistent with his work ethic, be more consistent with his toughness, be more consistent with a positive attitude. Um, you know if he can if he can improve those things, and he's got a shot to get on the field. But uh, you know he's made it to the point where he's got to. 
safety wise, uh, Warren Saba, uh, who unfortunately got hurt the other day yeah. in the uh, in, in the new uh, USFL, which is unfortunate, but at least he is in the pros right now. And then uh, DJ Ford moving on as well. But again, another position. If you kind of look at Sam and safety as as one position, which I know some of those guys are interchangeable. <laughs> a lot of guys returning with experience and. You know, do you see some of those guys as as players you can move around depending on either what package you guys are in or just you know what you need based upon a certain day or, or something like that? Well, I mean, I think we're going to have to. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, losing Jordan Huff for the season hurt us. <clears throat> He's a guy we thought would play some this year. We have really quality players at safety, Buck and Sam. Um, we have good depth. We don't have great depth. Uh, so. You know, when you look at the at the list, you know Julius Wood and Sean Dorso played the field safety this spring. I think they're both capable of being starters. And I think uh, you know at the Sam position, Gerard Stringer, Jairo Wilson, both have started there in the past. They're both very high end players. Uh, you know, Jairo repped a lot at Buck this spring. Uh, he is very versatile. I think you're going to see us move uh, Gerard around a good bit. Uh, you'd like to see Demetrius Mooney continue to come along and develop to where he could play some for us defensively. Um, I thought Tegan Wilk had a great spring. Uh, I think you know he's another guy that you could throw in that uh, that list of Julius and, and Gerard and Jaira and Sean. Of you know he, he's a starter in this league. Uh, you know Kingston's kind of had the injury bug that's kind of bit him uh, since he's got here. I think he's a guy that should play a lot for us. Uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, he'll hit you. He has some athletic ability. He has, you know, great work ethic, great attitude. So you just want to see him get healthy and try to get on the field because I think that would really help things a lot. So you got you got some quality guys. You just don't when you, when you start spreading them across three positions. There's not a ton of depth, uh, which worries you some. Uh, you could see us add a guy, uh, probably a younger guy, to that room uh, this summer. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's a deal where we got to just make sure we have the ability to move some of those guys around. And then, lastly, wrapping up on, on special teams, Owen Daffer returning uh, as your place kicker, John Young moving on at punter. I know Luke Larson is also back uh, with some experience as well. So how do you feel about the kicking game right now? And I know Daffer did kickoff specialist as well as kicking last year. Do you, do you see that role for him again, or is that something that you, you maybe could split up this year? Well, I think you have open competitions everywhere uh, with the special team stuff. And Owen's an all-conference kicker. He had a great year for us last year. Um, you know, as long as he continues to perform at that level, then you anticipate him being the guy there. I thought Carson Smith had a solid spring, uh, you know, pushing him. So I think it will be a competition this fall during preseason camp. Um, you know, Luke, I'd just like to see him be more consistent. Certainly we've seen him do some some really, really, really solid things for us in the past, and he's an older guy. Just want to see him, you know, perform at a more consistent level. Uh, was really pleased with Andrew Conrad. Uh, the mid-year freshman coming in here. He's a very good athlete, can do it all. Uh, it just, you know, has to be more consistent also. So we'll see how all that stuff shakes out. Uh, you'd like to, you know, maybe find somebody to help Owen with the kickoff duties, but, you know, they've got to beat him out first. Uh, you know, long snapper, uh, that'll be an open competition this summer and this fall during fall camp. Uh, you know, have, have multiple guys there that have done it in the past at different places. So, uh, feel confident that we'll, you know, we'll find the guy that's best. And then when you look at this roster going forward, do you have space to add more transfers going into the fall? And, and do you have 
ideal spots? I know you hit on maybe you know, safety and another position as well. Is that something you would like to address going into the rest of the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I think you can see us add you know three or four more guys uh, here in the coming months. Uh, you'd like to get them in here before you got into June. So uh, you'll, you'll probably see us be pretty active, but we'll be very deliberate. Uh, you know, it's uh, you're very specific with you know where you want to kind of just shore up some depth stuff. You feel good about the guys you got. Uh, you just you know you just gotta always make sure you have enough, uh, and that's the one thing with a couple of those injuries that we have that are going to be you know keep kids out for the season. You've seen this this league now three times through. Do you feel like the roster is getting to a point where, you know, if you keep developing them, keep growing them up, this is the type of roster that can eventually compete for a championship, if, if not this year? Well, it's it's the best roster we've had. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out if we're ready to make that next step. You know, I've, I've talked to the team about it a good bit. You know, we, we kind of got over that hump of the winning season. You know, that was the big, you know, elephant in the corner of the room that, you know, you had to get beyond. Uh, you got over the hump of the bowl bid. Uh, now it's you know consistency performing at a high level. Uh, like I said, we have a very challenging schedule. So, you know, if you're going to have a special season this year, you're going to have to play at a high level week in and week out. Uh, and so it's it's the it's the thing that we're pushing ourselves to do is just you know we got to make sure that we're improving every single day because you know after you know the way we performed last year, I don't think we're going to sneak up on anybody. Uh, you know, everybody's going to be you know you know ready when they when they come to play us. Uh, you know, we have gotten to the point where, you know, to be honest, it was, you know, we were kind of the doormat when I first got here. Uh, you know, we're now to where, you know, people respect you. So, you know, can we take that next step this year? And that's the challenge. Coach, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, I know you're busy and uh, it always means a lot that you, you take the time to run over the roster with us and go in depth on everything. So we appreciate it as always. No doubt. Thanks a lot. Go Pirates. That is head coach Mike Houston, and that'll do it for the Hoist the Colors podcast. We will talk with you guys next time.